Dr. Jess Jodh-Buller, and this is Spartanburg Women in Medicine podcast. In this show, you meet the incredible women in medicine of our community and hear their stories. Hi, everybody. Welcome back uh, to our podcast. Uh, in this episode, we are meeting another member from our community and love to start this conversation soon. But those of you who haven't uh, been to our podcast before, what we do is we meet a member of the community. We basically ask them to tell us about themselves and um, we um, learn about their experience through this profession in terms of how they manage self-care and what kind of uh, wisdom they've gathered they've, through their own experience and through training, through employment, through uh, studies <laughs> and, and general life. So without further delay, let me welcome our guest today is Samantha, Dr. Samantha Drew. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for the invitation. I'm honored. So yeah, tell us about yourself and, uh, you know, take it from here. Okay. Um, well, I'm from Georgia. Um, I went to med school in Georgia, uh, the Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine's Georgia campus. Um, and then I did my residency here at uh, Spartanburg Regional and Family Medicine. And now I'm currently in the hospitalist fellowship at Spartanburg Regional. Okay. So um, do you... How has it been so far? Um, so you've been Georgia, not far away from home. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so this is a good location for you in terms of training. And then mm -hmm. um, you're still in training. So what are your plans for future? Have you had any plans or are you still trying to figure that out? <laughs> um, well, I'll be working at um, uh, St. Francis in Greenville after I finish my fellowship. Okay. So you're yeah, staying in the awesome. area. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Um, and uh, I think it helps to ask at this point, did you, were you aware of Spartanburg Women in Medicine community? Have ever come I, across this before? Um, I first heard about it about two years ago when I was a third year. Okay. At Spartanburg Regional. Okay. Were you able to participate in any of our meetings or socials? No, not yet. No. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's it's like our opportunity to find out what how much uh, community engagement are were we having before and what can we do. Um, have you had a chance to interact with anybody from women in medicine community? Um, I've worked with uh, Dr. Wan, uh, Dr. Amici, mm -hmm. and then I've also worked with you. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, in terms of... Um, Nothing that we do, no specific sort of um, uh, like um, interaction where we were doing a women in medicine sort of project, community project or something, right? Yeah, of course, we've all worked together. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, um, we were trying to actually improve the engagement with our training, um, you know, um, doctors in training because it is an important stage. That's where I came across women in medicine and I loved it. I thought it was really awesome. And uh, I think I want to have a similar sort of exposure, um, maybe have more meetings, you know, maybe that's what we'll look into. Mm -hmm. um, so um, 
How have you managed so far? You know, what do you think, what you're learning in terms of taking care of yourself while you're trying in training and juggling a busy schedule and whatnot? <laughs> yeah, um, I think um, how I take care of myself changes often based on what um, challenges that I'm in, you know, with this pandemic, which we were not, you know, expecting it to be so bad. Um, you know, that was difficult to figure out time for myself. Um, um, but I have learned that I have to take breaks, you know, that I have to sometimes put myself first above, you know, a patient can wait five minutes so that I can take a break or I need to eat. Um, I also uh, do a lot of gardening and spend time with my friends at Journal um, to help take care of myself. Um, and I also do a monthly uh, Therabox subscription. It's like a mindfulness activity box that gives you things to do. Um, um, to promote like self-love and to take, you know, just take time for yourself, um, like yeah. journaling and planting and things. Um, That's good. Yeah. And especially when you interact with nature, it's, it's just the best kind of healing you can get, mm -hmm. um, you know, like walk in nature, working with plants and mm -hmm. yeah, that, that is really cool. Um, mindfulness is also really, really helpful. It's a very simple thing to really think about, but, Mm -hmm. uh, very easy to not do. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Very easy to not do. And, um, especially, you know, in training, it's one thing after the other. And, and I know it kind of sounds weird that, uh, when you say, you know, like, um, if you're not in a good place, how can you take care of a patient? So, I know sometimes people have set this expectation or make you feel like you have patient always comes first. I actually beg to differ. If I'm not in a good place, the patient can find a better doctor. Oh, yeah. Well-equipped, rested, able to take care of them better. <laughs> and, and it is important to recognize that, that mm -hmm. you know that you are not the best person or you need rest and you give it the baton of patient care to somebody else so they can do a better job. So I think that was a very important point that you just brought up. Um, and, yeah. um, and, you know, we are all dedicated and that doesn't mean you're less dedicated. In fact, it only means you are more dedicated because you know that yeah. the patient needs your hundred percent and if you're unable to do that, that's not really optimal patient care. So, oh, yeah. 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 So that's awesome. Um, just, you know, in terms of your training, how have you, you know, in terms of your growth as a doctor, how, you know, I know it's a pretty oh, yeah. fast evolution at this stage. Yeah, I mean, tremendous growth, especially in residency, for sure. You know, you start out very insecure. Um, you know, that imposter syndrome, of course, um, and then with more experiences, more rights and wrongs, you know, you get more confident or um, realize that everybody, you know, feels this way at some point or another in their career. Um, and then there eventually you find your way and you realize you are much better than when you started. Um, and um, you're able to stand on your own two feet and be like, wow, you know, I just stood up for myself and my patient and um, you know, that was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In fact, that is probably the best way to uh, evaluate your own progress by comparing yourself from where you've come from, you know, because everybody has their different pace of growth. Mm -hmm. So it is 
it's sometimes a little too busy of a time to even look sideways and look at your own colleagues and you know oh, yeah. classmates to see what they're doing because everyone is busy in their own little micro universe trying to make things work and um and you know we we all have a different way of managing it so yeah that's that's pretty cool um in terms of like you know you know there's a lot of doctors here of all different sort of experience um levels um you know i want i'm really um inclined to creating a women in medicine community that can be an easy access to you know doctors in training or even doctors who are practicing mid career early career late career so there is that easy access to members so we know everyone is in reach and we can get you know access to or ask for help or ask questions um what do you what what do you feel like we could do more in terms of that in terms from where you are um you know like you said earlier about having more meetings you know inviting you know the bcoms female students um and uh the residency programs in the hospital you know encouraging them to come out um especially you know the young you know the medical students you know they start off very insecure people pleasing you know trying to you know accomplish their goals um and it can be very challenging and confusing and i i think they would benefit a lot from you know the support that um swim can offer Mm-hmm. Indeed. In fact, it reminds me when I was in residency, we used to have a monthly meet the you know monthly women in medicine meeting, and there would be just random um, people who would show up for the meeting, and there will be a few residents, and we'll just hang out and chat. Sometimes it'll be like at five, it'll be like at one or noon time, just variable time. schedule and it used to be a great way to connect and sometimes you just want to be like listen to everybody discuss and talk about their experiences and you know i think that is definitely something we can uh, work towards creating of course now we're trying to do everything online <laughs> oh yeah. yeah yeah and that can be a little bit tricky because you know this is a kind of uh what do you call it a sisterhood almost where you you don't want to be talking about everything on like a public platform you you need yeah. that private space too where you can discuss difficult moments and and i think uh it is important to have that safe space where you could go and just talk about anything you know so i think that's incredibly incredibly important mm-hmm. um uh why don't we go into your you know lessons that you have learned any wisdom that you want to impart to us <laughs> so we all can see things from your eyes and see how what has helped you what is new for you compared to when you were just graduating from med school um well, there's so many things um uh one thing that took me a long time and sometimes i still struggle with is you know you you can't know everything you know and especially in your training program you know if you're not learning something new you know then you know you really want to be learning something new every day um so that's okay not to know something because then you you'll learn it and it's a new experience to add to the books um so accepting you know your own limitations is a big thing um you know starting like icu you've never done icu before 
you wouldn't know how to manage these things without, you know, that training. So just being gentle with yourself. Um, what else? Um, um, also, you know, learning to take time for yourself. Like we talked before, um, I used to be very um, dedicated just to work, just to school, you know, and that, that does burn you out and learning to step back and, you know, uh, when you go home, you know, make that your home time that you're not always processing work. Um, and then uh, um, to accept that you're going to make mistakes as well, and that's okay. Um, and then also another big thing is, you know, not you're not always wrong. Sometimes it's just a matter of opinion. You know, some attendings like certain um, management regimens where others will like this way. And so you're not necessarily wrong. You just did it a different way or you suggested it a different way. Um, and that if you're feeling insecure or embarrassed, you're not the only one that's felt this way. You know, you won't be the first and you won't be the last. Um, and so allow yourself to feel what you feel and, you know, move on. Yeah. In fact, and to your point that you're not wrong, that took me a while. I remember when I was at your stage, because I used to come up with these ideas and this is why I, how I want to treat a patient. And then, of course, your attending will have a different idea. Your co-fellow or co-resident will have a different idea. And over time, you know, when you're on your own and you realize there's probably five different ways to treat everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, unless there's a really specific bacteria that you're treating or very specific diagnoses. And then you just kind of say, yeah, I think I want to do it this way because I have my reasons. And... And, you know, the guidelines that are there, they are supposed to help us figure those treatment plans out. But then our patients, everybody's different, you know, and, and that's the art of medicine to really understand who is our patient and do these guidelines. They are never set in stone. They are just guidelines. As oh, they yeah. are. <laughs> and then how do you incorporate your patient's pathophysiology with their you know, treatment plan and then these guidelines, how do, do you make the best of it? So, you know, there are certain medications, you'll be amazed how many times, especially if you're treating high blood pressure, mm -hmm. you will be like, oh, this patient has high blood pressure. Why don't I write this one? This is first line. And then you find out the patient can't tolerate it or they have an allergy mm -hmm. or they have really bad reaction that you've never seen before. And like, oh my God, I, I don't know what to do. And mm -hmm. then you're like, okay, let me try this one. And before you know, you know, you get a patient who is on, you know, they'll send you that patient to you and they're only on one medication. Like, why are they sending this patient to me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you find out they can't tolerate all the commonly prescribed medications and you always have to think out of outside of the box. So yeah, guidelines are just that, just the guidelines. And then you have to really take time to understand who your patient is, what kind of life do they lead? What are their capacity in terms of managing different kinds of schedules and, you know, make it easy on your patients so they can actually take care of themselves. So, and uh, yeah, I mean, there's, and that takes time, you know, what you're saying. Um, and this is why I think uh, uh, it's a very, uh, you know, this profession keeps you humble <laughs> because you mm -hmm. could be wrong. <laughs> there's nobody who's always right. Mm -hmm. so, and that is an important uh, lesson to keep in mind and you want to keep learning. In fact, you know, I used to feel very embarrassed 
telling my patients that I don't know anything about what's wrong with them. Initially, I thought that would be such a bad thing to say. But now when I see someone who has something that I haven't seen before and they don't fit a particular diagnosis, I just tell them, you know, I don't know what this is, but we will keep, we will figure it out. Mm-hmm. And you'll have to, I think it may be this and it may be that. And I tell them a literally transparent uh, process that what's going on in my mind based on their symptoms. And I have never come across anyone who doesn't appreciate you trying to figure it out. So mm-hmm. I think that that is also, um, you know, that know-it-all doctor, it just looks good on Dr. House and TV. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's such a, I, I can't watch all these doctor dramas. They're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, not at all relaxing. In fact, they just trigger me because they're like, come on, nobody does that. Yeah, <laughs> <know>? no. <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> but I know that how it's almost like uh, the um, the public sort of make, when they see a doctor, they're like, oh, this is a super brainy encyclopedic brain. They're going to just figure everything out or they'll just know what to do. You know, it's hard for, you know, sometimes, and that's an expectation you feel you have to meet. And that's like an unhealthy expectation. Oh yeah. 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 And accepting that you don't have to set that expectation for yourself is hard to learn sometimes. Yeah. And in fact, uh, sometimes it's important to realize that you're never going to feel like you know everything, but you're going to know so much more than you did like a month ago, even, you know, so that incremental uh, uh, improvement in your skills is always going to be with you, especially if you're trying to help your patient, because literally every patient is going to teach you something new, whether it's even like simple stuff you thought you knew. And then you'll be like, I, I didn't know this was not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah. So I think that is, um, so this is great. I know, um, you know, I've been wanting to create a mix of uh, talks with, um, because I wanted all different perspectives here. Um, and, you know, it's still in the middle of pandemic. I Sort of, we all have that pandemic fatigue. We all want to meet, you know, in person and, um, you know, over a glass of wine or whatever, and then just take a take it easy and, you oh, know, yeah. chat. So that's always going to be. In fact, we're going to plan on doing that this fall. But in the meantime, um, this, you know, this platform is just for everyone to know. We are always there for you all, you know, and in fact. Um, maybe um, that's pretty much the message we want to spread across. And everybody who was invited to the podcast, they all have that mindset. They are all, everyone's available for everyone. So um, anything comes to your mind, you want to ask me or any, you know, because it's really up to us, whatever we make of this time, this time. Yeah. Um, so earlier in your career, you know, how did you establish yourself as like a strong female doctor? You know, sometimes it's it's hard, you know, you get in challenging situations and to stand up for what you believe in, you know, that the obstacles. Um, mm-hmm. How did you grow into becoming, you know, a stronger doctor after graduation? I think I always feel that I found my voice through medicine because it's that whole residency training kind of pushed me to become a leader. And 
it was like a latent or dormant quality in me (laughs) and that um but you know because i was so felt uh the same feeling like i don't know enough and how can i say something forcefully without knowing enough you know that how much am i supposed to know to be a leader Mm -hmm. but it's it's such a beautiful training if you look at it you're an intern really learning the scut work run labs here there trying to make sure the bloods are the labs are drawn you know and making sure the patients are seen calling everybody and then you move on to managing that team making sure everybody's taken care of and then teaching and while you're doing that and over time, I, and also I kind of did not have, the only time I felt like I was a female doctor was when I was, I, I had actually my son in my third year of residency. I was pregnant during that time. That was the first time somebody treated me different while when I was just had my son because but my residency program was very, very supportive. We had a really good chief residents. And I I just felt like this, this these comments don't make any sense. You know, this uh, doctor somewhere, um, I was on this elective rotation. It was like no big deal rotation, but he was trying to make sure I work extra. And I was like, am I really supposed to come on weekends? I don't think I was supposed to. Mm-hmm. And then he made some weird comments about me not choosing to be pregnant during residency is lack of dedication. And I was like, what? (laughs) I know it was really bizarre. I just, I just messaged my um, chief resident and he switched me to a completely different hospital. And that, that experience was completely great in general. I think um, I also had a lot of, uh, you know, role models around me, a lot of strong women physicians that, some of them I liked, some of them I was didn't like as much. I was I am a very fairness based person. I've every need everybody needs to be treated fairly. Just because you're in med school, you're a medical student, doesn't mean your voice shouldn't be heard. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't. I don't believe in hierarchy in that way. I feel like every voice is important. So so I I don't want. I never tried to be that kind of person. I kind of had that. Uh, goals in mind. And I think over time, if you just stay true to yourself, you know, you will become the strong person you are, man or a woman, you know? So, and, and also when you know you're in the right, you know, Mm -hmm. because there are times where people will push you, you know, and will challenge your decisions and then you just firm, stay firm at that. You don't have to like uh, be aggressive about it. You can just say, well, that's what I think is. And that's uh, a power that's given to you as a physician because of your position, you have so much responsibility. And with that responsibility, you know, the power comes that responsibility. So it's a, if you are doing the right thing, you're true to yourself, you will become, uh, you know, you will find your power in a good way <laughs> so yeah. yeah it's really important to never forget that we exist so we can provide care to patients who are in to people who are really really vulnerable you know being sick is one of the worst feeling in the world oh yeah yeah so and that is priority you know mm-hmm. no matter what and and then if you you know 
if you have that uh, mindset, there's just no way anybody can pull you down if you have that mindset. And of course, uh, and never being afraid of being wrong because that is, it's, there's, you know, sometimes it feels bad that you made a mistake, but we all are human. And as long as we understand that can happen and you are able to accept your mistake and learn from it, people mm -hmm. respect you for that. And that's pretty much where you find your power to, to be humble, to understand that you are not without fault and you're here to learn from everybody. So really there was no magic to it, except for the fact that, you know, finding yourself leads to that power. So the more you say, stay true to yourself, the more self-aware you become. If you're having a challenging time trying to learn from it or trying to find help, asking for help, mm -hmm. you know, those are the things, those are the strategies I try to uh, follow. So I think that um, that's how, that's who I've become today, you know, yeah, over time, yeah. because um, it kind of keeps you uh, level headed because it makes you realize that, you know, just just almost anybody, I believe everybody should um, have their, um, you know, should hold on to their power, you know, and if yeah. that's the right word. <laughs> Yeah. So, because, you know, that's pretty much, I feel that, you know, you are in your stage, you are in your fellowship mm -hmm. and your voice is important. As one of your teachers, I would like to know what you think. I would like to know what, what you wish you could have learned more of, you know, so, so we can be better teachers to you. Yeah. And of course we know you should know X, Y, and Z, but then, you are at such a different stage. You are your own person. You have your own experiences. And, you know, the, I, I, I've liked to have that mindset in about everything in life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it just, this is the only way we can um, help each other out as human beings, you know. And, and if we want to be good physician leaders in any aspect of our lives and leaders in general, we need to understand people around us so we can really serve and promote mm -hmm. everybody's needs in a, in a strong way. So, or we can be their advocates. So mm -hmm. I guess I don't know if that answers your question. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I think that was great. Thank you. Hi everybody. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Dr. Drew in this podcast. I have a couple of updates. Um, go for you about swim so for the next three months i won't be recording any new podcasts so the next pod new guest will be for october 2021 and we are also looking into getting more social media and video production um, support so um, you will notice uh, website modifications, surveys coming your way, which can really get you involved. You can really use uh, those surveys to help uh, give us your ideas. And please even shoot us an email if you like something, if you don't like something, if you would want uh, certain content to be part of the SWIM, um, uh, you know, offering uh, in a way. So. Again, this is your community. We want to tailor it to support our community. So yeah, please uh, do take a moment to interact during those surveys or just send us emails. 
And also any member who has any ideas on how, what section they want to work on, they are really passionate about something. You know, we are now thinking of really having more than three uh, admin members uh, since and there is, you know, there's a lot that adds up from doing these admin um, duties and it'll be nice to, and you know, anyone, everyone can focus on exactly what they like to do. So that is something to think about. So yeah, do reach out um, my email. The best way to reach me is uh, via admin at swimphysicians.com. And um, then also we look forward to uh, seeing you all in person again. Uh, during our September social event, which is the Women in Medicine Month. And so we'll keep you informed on when exactly that will happen and what to expect during that event. That's all I have right now. And uh, so thank you so much. And I um, will be back with new podcast in October. Until then, uh, have a great summer.